Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. Today we are going to dive into the top secret files of whale buyers. But before we get into that, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course YouTube at Hawkins Do You Copy. You can get in contact with us at Hawkins Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Tumblr at Hawkins Do You Copy. Yes. So when we did our month where we looked at the bonus books, we looked at the comic books and Darks on the Edge of Town, Suspicious Minds, Runaway Max, we did briefly mention the secret files of Will Byers, Will Byers' secret files, but we didn't think it warranted its own episode um, because it's not a fiction book. It's or, or, or well, it is a fiction book because it's about Will Byers, who's not Are you saying person. that Will Byers didn't actually write this book? <laughs> um, it's an autobiography. No, um, it's not a, a book in the same sense as Runaway Max's or Dance on the Edge of Town, for example. But we ordered a copy of The Secret Files, and we think it's a little bit interesting. And seeing as it is November, and this month we are sort of doing... November memories of Stranger Things and sort of the way that November ties in with Stranger Things because it actually does quite a bit. November is something which, hmm. you know, it's where the first season's set. Um, the second season goes into November. We've got Stranger Things Day in November, which we spoke about last week. So we thought, why not honour Will Byers by talking about his secret files and all the things inside? And it's truly what he deserves yes he does he really does so the world by a secret files is kind of like his diary i guess you could explain so yeah. it kind of goes from i think it's the end of season one well obviously the end of season one because he wasn't writing in the upside down but it's coming <laughs> like right from the end of season one and going through to i'm going to presume is the start of season three but then it doesn't yeah, make sense because there's pictures of, of L, L in it from the mall and stuff. Yeah. But regardless, yeah. that's kind of how the time frame is stretching throughout. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's really interesting. You kind of get an insight into his character that you're not necessarily getting from the show. Um, yeah. So you kind of get more of his humour, the way he's thinking. And then you've got some really lovely family bonding moments throughout. It's just... It's genuinely just a really nice bit of additional content. Yeah, I really liked this. I thought it was I thought it was really sweet. And I, I like you said there's some really nice family moments in there and some really good just will moments, which like Emily said, you don't get in the show as much because in season two obviously he spends half the show being possessed. And mm. then in season three, there's so many other things happening that we don't get much of an exploration of his character in it. So this was really nice and this kind of sort of gave us a little bit of behind the scenes of what he's thinking and feeling at certain moments, which is which is really nice. But the reason why we wanted to make this and talk about this is because there's some really interesting things in this as well. And mm. I'm very intrigued by the choices that they made putting this together with mm. what was included. Hmm. I, it's just a bit too specific. 
So this was published post season three. So as Laura said, there's some points in this that you think this kind of has a new meaning knowing what we know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think it's interesting that the very first page um, is a picture of the boy who came back to life news article, the zombie boy news article. Um, I It's interesting that he's, he's he keeps those. That hmm. they've sort of he's made that decision to kind of stick in the fact that someone called him Zombie Boy, and that he's sort of holding on to everything that happened and and keeping sort of like a log of it. I think it could be a thing where it's kind of become so like formed as to who he is at this point that obviously that we have that moment in season two when he's talking with Jonathan and he's drawing Zombie Boy and the picture of that is in here as well. It and is, yeah, with what Jonathan says to him. Yeah, he's just like, no, that's who I am now. Like, that that's yeah. that's me. I am Zombie Boy. And it's almost... I don't know. It's all, You could look at it um, in, like, a meta way uh, as it's kind of him kind of using it to discover who he is again, I guess, and kind of, like, reclaim yeah. that. Because there is a part at the end um, where he kind of reflects I guess on everything that's happened and I think it's just I don't know if it's just before the summer or just before the school starting or something like that and it does say that that I hope this all stays behind us and that as long as I have my friends um and that we keep the D&D monsters to the game and that sort of thing so it's almost like he's kind of used that as a no this is who I am kind of thing yeah. so I I'm I'm wondering then if it's more that that he's keeping all these little parts yeah just as a I need this to kind of realise what's happened to me because obviously in the book as well you do have um, like the brain scans yeah. and doctor's notes saying that you're allowed now to participate in PE which he isn't very happy about and <laughs> moments like that so I, I, I think it's kind of coming from that aspect of it. Yeah, the, what is really interesting is next to the picture that he draws that with what Jonathan says, he says about... Um, I didn't actually die. Zombie boy, that's what they call me. It doesn't make any sense. Zombies were once alive, then they died, then they came back. And then they're called undead. And then it says, well, I didn't die. It's just easier for everyone to say I did. The truth is, I went to another place. I'm not supposed to talk about that. They could probably throw me in jail just for writing it. And then he goes on to explain, then he says, Jonathan says it's better to be a freak than like everybody else because no one normal ever accomplished anything meaningful in this world, which obviously we know from the show, that's what Jonathan says to him. But then a line underneath that, he says, but what about beyond this world? Hmm. And obviously we know the Upside Down is not our hmm. world, but the fact, saying, okay, so they didn't accomplish anything meaningful in this world so is he suggesting he could accomplish something in another world is he suggesting Mm. that there's people there that could accomplish things in another world did he do something like Mm. how aware of just that but what is beyond this world is a really interesting little Mm. add in after the stuff that we already know why why is he thinking about what people can do in this other world Mm. i'd be really interested to know the I know that I said it kind of stretches from season two to season three, like mid-season three, start of season three. But I'm really interested to know that the timeline of, I mean, they're probably not thinking about this too much, um, but the timeline of when he would have put this together then, because there are a few moments throughout where you can't really tell 
what the timeline is as such. So yeah, later they also talk about Phineas Gage, um, and he's got the picture from Mr. Clark. And there's the case article as well at the same time. And he writes on it, I don't want to be a medical oddity. So I'd be really interested to know then, when when was this actually put together? Because it, it jumps yeah. so much. And if this is... I'm presuming this is then maybe post-season two? Because I don't think his priority <laughs> during season, season two, two is going to be, let me talk to Mr. Clark so I can actually get this article. Yeah. Well, the... The, th- the thing I've always found really interesting in season two is that they use the case of Phineas Gage is that I know that they sort of use it as a little bit of, oh, look how interested like the party is in science and how cool it is and they're talking about the brain and stuff. But I find it interesting that they did that because um, for those that don't know, I have my undergraduate and my master's degree in psychology. So Phineas Gage is someone that I have studied a lot um and he had an accident on a railroad railroad that's where he worked where a metal rod went through his eye and through his skull and he survived (laughs) um but it went through a particular lobe in through him that meant that afterwards he was not the same so he had issues with lots of different things and his family actually started to refer to him like and 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 just say it wasn't him anymore he wasn't the same person anymore and I obviously knew that it was in the show and I'd sort of been like oh yeah Phineas Gage I know him but when they talk a lot about when if the brain dies the body dies and talking about it kind of being this like mind like this like hive for, for where these things are and then to think about the personality changes that Phineas Gage had after his accident I don't think it was a coincidence that they just were speaking about Phineas Gage in the show. And of course it wasn't. <laughs> no. And I think it it's one of those things where sort of when you dig a little bit deeper into it and you look at the Phineas Gage case, he definitely went through, well, I mean, he absolutely went through something very traumatic and had huge complications from that. And even though he didn't die when it happened and he did live afterwards for for years, he still died relatively young. And I just wonder now if that's kind of like a symbolism of this everlasting effect that the upside down is going to have on Will, you know? Even when the mind flows out of him, we know that he can feel it and that he kind of has this second sense of, you know, knowing mm. where it is and there's kind of, not necessarily a power, but, you know, knowing mm. knowing that. Um and and I think that that's that's really interesting, and it's interesting that he's got it in here as well. That he's put it in here alongside his own brain scans and alongside his mm. own sort of medical notes, and mm. saying I don't want to be a medical oddity, but then sort of comparing himself to Phineas Gage. I think the fact that mm. they've emphasised that more is interesting. So I picked up on that in the show, and it's actually one of my favourite scenes because I love that scene of the parallels between it and. I don't know, I like the idea that, I don't know if Max has kind of clocks going on, but I like the idea that it's kind of like going towards Max and she's looking and it's like she's kind of, of paralleling what is being said while looking at yeah. Will, who is somehow very aware that she's looking at him. And I don't know what yeah. would make him turn around at that instant, but that's, that's we don't need to dig into that. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd be interested to know if it's kind of a thing where it's just they used it 
to work in parallel or if it is something that is generally going to kind of come into play a bit more further down the line because I think especially with season three even though we do know it said that there is still that connection to the mind flayer in some sense we don't know why and no I, I would like it to be explored in season four I, I think this I would like to see how that's going to work because they left they left that storyline, I say this every single time, they left that storyline so open and without explanation that it has to be something that's going to be looked into, surely. That's something which would also tie into Elle um, mm. in the sense that she had that wound and now that's changed her. Mm. You know, the mind flayer caused that wound in her leg and now her powers are gone and mm. she, you know, she can't do that and and that could sort of hmm. tie in with her as well but we kind of will l parallels will yeah. l parallels we live the for the time. will and the l parallels they are hmm. the best thing um there's also just like little bits in this like we are going to talk about the other stuff in a second um but i just want to say there's just such such cute things from joyce now we all know i'm a joyce hmm. bias stan like I love her more than anything. So just like little notes, like happy or ho 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 for the holidays. And little little notes like that. Um, and I think that's really cool. And like Emily was saying earlier, like little insights into his personality. So albums I need to know, according to Jonathan. And mm. these sort of albums, and you know, I'm not going to read too much into the fact that it's like The Smiths and you know songs like that which i'm sort of interested for the season four soundtrack because they never disappoint yeah. with the soundtracks really and i can imagine the smiths are going to appear somewhere i is, hope the cool. smiths appear that for the last few days all i've been listening to is the smiths so i would like <laughs> i would like the smiths to appear please in season four yes Duffin, so we have all listening. these <laughs> yes matt ross please um so we have this really cute stuff. So that's what I find interesting. There's like, talk about his going back to school and zombie boy and the the brain scan, his own brain scans. And then we have some really cute stuff. We have some messages from Joyce and messages from Jonathan. We have the Bob picture, Bob newbie superhero and a little comment from Joyce saying he would love it and all of this stuff. And then you turn over and then there's the shadow monster and another news article. And it's so like jarring because it's really cute, hmm. lovely family moments. And then back to the shadow monster. And I can still see it sometimes in my nightmares, but does that mean it can see me? I want to believe the shadow monster is gone forever, but that would be too easy peasy. That's the one I found interesting because yeah. that doesn't sound like a season two thing. That sounds no. like it's post-season two coming up to season three. But it's placement yeah. within the secret files is odd. Because mm, he talks about Bob saying it'd be easy peasy, but then he says Bob was wrong. So I'm going to mm. say this was after season two, because from the moment where he tried to confront it the way that Bob said... Mm he was possessed so he wasn't going to be opening his journal and being like oh okay bob told me that it would be easy peasy to get rid of the mind flare which yeah. is now possessing me so this is afterwards and there's a drawing underneath of the shadow monster um but it looks kind of human 
It looks like mm. a scarecrow. Yeah. I fully thought it was a scarecrow. <laughs> but it's kind of like its arms are weird and it's like almost as if it, it's sort of like shedding. Hmm. We we insert pictures in the in the YouTube video anyway, but so you can you can see it on that. But I find it interesting that he's still thinking about it after season two and he's still thinking about what Bob was saying and, and how that didn't hmm. Yeah. And then right next to it is a news article of the realm of possible impossibilities, new thinking on parallel dimensions. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, we could look at it in the angle that obviously the upside down kind of is a parallel dimension, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Or you could be us and dig a bit deeper and think there are multiple things going on and multiple possibilities for things to happen. The, yeah. the idea that he's talking about in his little his little writing um, about whether the mind flare can still see him is... Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I understand it because he's literally just had it taken out of his body. So of course it's going to be on his mind. He's going to be thinking, you know, but just the idea that that happened. So it makes me wonder then if in season three, he'd kind of been feeling things before that incident. In and didn't say the, anything. Yeah. Because especially on on the field, his reaction when he has that there, when he's watching Mike and Elle walk off because curfew, um, <laughs> the, he's got that still look of surprise as he does in the theatre. And I think if it had happened, I mean, it's happened there. I mean, obviously it's going to be a shock every single time anyway, but actually every single time we see him touch his neck, it's still a surprise. So mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I've said surprise way too much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised then if it is something that's happened before or yeah. there's indication the of something. Like... Yeah. The way he says, I can still see it in my nightmares, but does that mean it can see me sort of, is that suggest does he tap into the upside down in his nightmares? It, it, do you know what I mean? When he's asleep, mm. is he kind of we've said before that nightmare on elm street is a influence for season Mm. four and it's kind of like is he gonna when he sleeps is he gonna be in there if you know what i mean and and Mm. that would be really interesting saying about because it can but can it still see me suggests Mm. that he's not entirely sure if these are just nightmares yeah oh you know is this real and i think whatever is in the upside down knows about will you know the mind flayer could be dead but ultimately they killed the mind flayer's body yeah if its mind is still available if if that kind of deity version of itself you know the 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 shadow version of itself still exists Hmm. how does that not mean that it can't still live in dreams or can't still live somewhere else and we've said Hmm. before as our age of ultron is a is a um influence for season four and Age mm. of Ultron is, for those who don't know, it's a Marvel film, but they build, try and build a suit of armour around the world, the Avengers, and um, it sort of backfires, and the software that they use, it, it has a mind of its own, it's like an AI, and then it can kind of travel through so many different things, and it ends up mm. being able to build itself a body, because mm. it's so powerful, and I'm wondering if this, that physical not the physical the kind of the shadow version of Hmm. of that mind flayer if it's that that needs to be killed not the 
whatever body it can inhabit. Yeah. Well, obviously, we know in season four as well that there is going to be something that's going to be in there from the start. Mm-hmm. So it could be a mind flare. It could be something bigger, which would also then fit. It would still fit in with the idea then that they, you know, it can get a mind of its own and it can wreak havoc and that yeah. kind of thing. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I think going forward, just to see, just to see actually what's going on because I think it's weird that I kind of have in my mind what it could be but then I don't know if they would just drop the mind flare like that yeah especially since they haven't ever it's fully it, down yes. no they haven't dropped it because I mean it's in the end bit of season three isn't it we see the yeah. devil gorgon come back yeah, um, yeah 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 it's just very I can't remember when the Will Byers comic was released. It was. Was it just post season two? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. It was just post season two, but even. So if you haven't read the comic, um, it's. We have a whole podcast Will's, on it. Yeah, we have a podcast on it. And also, it's a Will's journey into the Upside Down and what's actually happening there. Um, and there's one scene that always sticks with me that. I think it's just as he's been taken into the library um, and it has like the feeding tube situation going on. Um, mm-hmm. And in the sky, it, it's all red and you see the mind flayer. So that's something that's, I mean, you could argue it's a retcon yeah. and a call to season two, but that means that that has been present there the entire time through season one because Will's already seen it. So, yeah. to that extent that that is something that's been there from the beginning, but I, I don't know, it just feels like, it also kind of feels like as well that it's going to be something bigger. Yeah. But I don't know what can be bigger than that. No, that's what's really interesting about it. And um, they, Will's actually got his the little drawing that Mr. Clark did, or, you know, his own version of the flea and the acrobat hmm. on this page as well which suggests, again, that there's mm. this other mm. dimension that he's aware of. Because he wasn't even there when they drew that. So the fact that he's got that in his book, mm. I find yeah. interesting. And I just I just wonder if there is something, like you were saying, that there is something bigger. Maybe there is something that's still lurking somewhere mm. that they just haven't even scratched the surface on its abilities. Hmm. Unless they are literally going to go down the human monster route. Yeah. Which yeah. obviously has nothing to do with the secret files. But unless they yeah. are going to go down the human monster route with it, that's the only other thing yeah. you can think of. Because that is something, like the lab has been there right from the beginning. And yeah. we know from all the previous content that... I mean, obviously it hasn't created the Upside Down, but it's the one that's kick-started everything. That's... Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they've gone to another lab in Russia yeah, is, you know, quite interesting. You say sort of you want to get out of Hawkins and do something else mm. and then, yeah, mm. you set up a lab but in a different country. Like, that's mm. that's quite interesting. Um, but, yeah, so so next to this, next to the, the Shadow Monster, like I said, there is a, a news article, The Realm of Possible Impossibilities, New Thinking on Parallel Dimensions. And it is cut off. So it's kind of like he's ripped it out and stuck it in. Mm. Um, 
And then it says, some researchers now suggest that our universe is like a radio and we are simply tuned in to a specific reality. This means there could be an infinite number of parallel realities coexisting with us in the same room or space. Does this mean it's possible to turn the dial and visit these different worlds? That's so specific. Hmm. It's interesting if we think about what we'd spoken, I think, last time, about the idea of that the clock seems to that being a big thing of season four and turning back and i don't know i do it it does make me wonder if time travel is going to have some kind of element of it then it's going to create all these different parallel mm-hmm. versions of things obviously we know that spider-verse um is a theme yeah. as well so and like it makes sense what if there are different versions of this and there's actually a bit further in when Will says, like, I've been thinking about the now memories a lot lately, flashing back, trying to make sense of it all. Um, and talking about what that was feeling like. And the idea that... Um, but in the now memories, I, I forgot the words the moment I remember them. Words like spreading, evil, danger, crossing over. Knowing what the shadow monster knew, um, I could see it. It was only a matter of time before it tore a hole into Hawkins. So even the idea, then, that's the idea of crossing over. And... Yeah. Which is actually very interesting, then, for will win that then if i really wanted if we want to dig in the tech character that he i know that obviously he was possessed and the shadow monster clearly then doesn't really want him to say the plan but the yeah. fact this was kind of all in his head and knowing knowing all that and couldn't voice it and couldn't say anything i'd like to know the timeline of things because that suggests then that when he's having that conversation with Mike and Mike's saying, um, maybe you can be a super spy and all that yeah. kind of thing, Will was already hearing the words evil, danger, crossing over and all that kind of thing and didn't say anything, which makes me feel happy in the aspect that that means I was right in thinking <laughs> Will actually wasn't there in that moment. Yeah. And the mind player is just listening, going, you know what, Mike? You're right. What a plan. That's what I'm going to do. Exactly. Yes. Which is, yeah. You, you know, it's sort of knowing when it was the mind flayer and when it was just Will. Um, mm. And I do think the mind flayer was there for a lot longer than uh, it was led on to be. Yeah. Uh, which is good. We have a, a couple more cute pages of the party and Halloween fun and, and all of that. He has his missing poster in it as well, which is just <laughs> wild. I don't know. I would kind of want that. I think, you know, in a weird way, just be like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that happened to me. Dustin gives it to him as a present and he just like sticks it in there along with Dustin's note, which is, yeah. Um, he then has a whole bit about Dart. And there's is is that a picture or is it like a photocopy of of a demogorgon? Hmm. And it's interesting that it's in it. It's interesting that he'd want it. Hmm. That he went to Jonathan and said, "Can you get the picture for me?" Yeah. I don't. Yeah. If I it haunts him that. so much, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, if it's in his head so much and he's worried about it still seeing him, the fact that he's wanted the picture of it in there is. Hmm. I think it is one of those things, though, where we have to not trust the timeline 
so much because no. I'm just on a page now and there is a message written from Bob and Bob is um, talking about Mr. Baldo and saying, remember, Will, it's all in your head. If you want to, you can drive the fear out. You can fight back. You can make it go away. I believe in you. But then on the very next page, tragically, there is a picture that Will's drawn of the Mind Flayer would just go away, go away, go away, repeated over and over. Um, So I think it's one of those things that that could make sense if he's kind of just got the book and stuck it all together. Yeah. Or this could be just a massive oversight from the publishers because that page does definitely not go there. And neither does this one from Bob. No. 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 So, yeah, it could just be random stuff. Um, and, and sort of, yeah, just, just sort of the order of it. He has also got, like, Hopper's number in here and and little mm. things like that, and you think that he's just sticking that in his journal in case he needs to call Hopper at any moment in time. Mm. Um, and the fact that that's been good. I just, I don't know, I think he's not... Is he going to carry this around with him all the time? Is he taking this to school with like his brain scans in it in case he needs anything? Like, it, it's just it, it interests me the stuff that he's put in it and and yeah. what what where he's put them and and how that links in. You know, we've got Hopper's number and some more news articles, and then like you said, you turn over and there's Mister Baldo. Hmm. Yeah. And you think it's just yeah, like the timeline doesn't fit. Especially since on the next page then, that's when he talks about the Nile memories. So you've got a nice yeah. message from Bob. Then it goes into... I've been thinking about the Nile memories a lot recently. Um, mm-hmm. And it just... Because this then talks about what happened to him at the end of season two. So this was definitely written... This page here was written post-season two. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he, he always says about close the gate and all of that kind of yeah. thing. And he's drawn... The Demogorgon. Hmm. Or one of the Demodogs. He always crosses out the upside down as well. He always puts a line through it. Hmm. Which is interesting. He says about it being control of him. And it, it its visions flooded my head at once, making me see what it saw and doubt what I knew, sinking deeper and deeper behind the gate. I felt like I was losing my mind. Hmm. And you think, how much does that go? You know, mm. if he is seeing it in his dreams now, is he just going to think, oh, that's dreams? And then actually it turns out that he's seeing it again. Hmm. This is why I'm so frustrated that there was no storyline in season three. You have all of this and all of this potential and it's being locked behind bonus content. Like, yeah. it happened with the comics... And it's happened with this as well. And I really hope... And I know this was a lot of people's fear when Runaway Max came out as well. That they weren't going to Max backstory because there was a book about it. And it does make me a bit nervous that that's what's going to happen here as well. Yes. And it's a shame because I really quite like The Secret Files, actually. I think getting Oh, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, it was such a nice bit of bonus content. And... It just makes me worry then that we're not going to go into Will Byers' character as we should. Hopefully we will in season four because there's the whole thing with him and Elle now living together Mm. and 
that whole thing. There's actually a whole bit where he talks about Elle. She gets her own page. Um, mm-hmm. And he says about, I met Elle for the first time again at the Snowball tonight. It sounds weird, but it's true. We met before, only we didn't really. That makes zero sense. Does meeting a vision of someone count as really meeting them? That's how I remember her, a vision, a hallucination, almost like the Force ghost from Star Wars. One second, I heard a girl's voice, and then boom, there she was in the Upside Down, and Upside Down is crossed out again. She told me help was coming, and then she magically vanished right before my eyes. The guys talk about her all the time. Well, Mike does mostly. Pretty sure he's in love with her. I didn't know what to say to her in person. What do you say to someone who saved your life and literally pulled you out of hell? All I could think to say was hello and nice meeting you again. We don't see them meet again in the show. And then there's news articles about Elle. And then also a little post-it note where he's put, I feel sorry for Elle. Having power like this can't be easy. It can separate you, make you feel alone. I think I know how she feels. Will L interest me? I'm going to say as a pairing, but obviously not as a pairing. As a pairing, so much. Because yeah. I know we, we, spoke, we spoke earlier about the Will L parallels, but there is so much there that could be explored. And I really hope they go for it in season four. I think especially the idea that when he says about, um, I met her for the first time, but not really. And that he actually saw her there. And because I don't think that's something that happens normally. The only other person that's actually seen her, I say person, it's not a person at all. The only thing that's seen her is the Demogorgon. Yeah. That's the only other thing that's actually really interacted as such. I know that obviously in season two, she touches, Terry's arm and then season and three Billy. he does the same with Billy but even then they don't see her approach no. it's only that point of contact that does it and yeah. really they're not interacting as such they're just showing her things whereas Will was able to kind of just have this conversation with her and hear her hear her coming before she's there the force yeah. ghost comment is very interesting that's mm. yeah that's I like that. Um, and then there's like what is also interesting, there's this whole bit about L and then just this little bit about how Malvolds is gonna close and how he can hear his mum crying and she tries mm. not to hide it, which again is like this really sad but also sweet moment. And then you turn over again and there's literally a whole article by Murray called Psychic Warfare. Mm. Are Russian spies reading your mind? That's the one that interested me because obviously we know that Murray thought Elle was a Russian spy. Yeah. But this article at this point has to be post season two, pre season three. So this would have been yeah. out there already. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just the placement is just very interesting. And I don't quite understand yeah. how things were pieced together. He's put it next to a, an article, um, well, a letter, saying, uh, Murray, you're my friend and I like your work, but enough about the crazy Russian spies. We did one article, it was interesting, but I can't do a whole series. It doesn't have legs and it's not what my readers want. If you could work in a UFO angle or maybe something about Elvis and Bigfoot, I might consider it. Also, Indiana doesn't do anything for me. People like Miami these days. That city's got traction. How about psychic diet cults of Miami? Work up 800 words on that and I'll consider it. 
And then it says, I don't like what Murray had to say. I'm worried about Will. It's a note from Nancy. Uh, a note from Jonathan. And then there's a note from Murray saying about the papers won't, like, take it. And then there's something written in Russian. It says, Otkrit Vorota, which we've just Google translated. Um, and it means, open the gate. Interesting that that's there. And interesting that they've written it in Russian. Hmm. Which it could be something about season three. Like, that's what it could be like that. That's what they're doing. And. Yeah. But I don't know whose handwriting it is. No, because it doesn't look like Murray's. No, and it's definitely not Jonathan's. And I don't think Nancy is going to be writing Open the Gate in Russian. No. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. No, but then, but then, obviously, that's next to this page about how it says USA and USSR locked in a mind-bending war. The United States and Soviet Union have fought the Cold War on many fronts, but from the streets of Berlin, uh, from the streets of Berlin to the reaches of space, now we can add the realm of psychic phenomena. It sounds like science fiction, but it's true. Documents recently uncovered that by this reporter revealed that the U.S. military and Kremlin and the Kremlin have been using psychic soldiers since mid seventies. Remote viewing is the psychic ability to visualize distant locations, possibly through the use of ESP. Imagine the potential. All rooms of the Pentagon could be infiltrated. All meetings at, La- at Langley breached. All security procedures would be useless. And then it's cut off again. But then the next thing says about um, psychic Ingo Swan first bought remote and then it's cut off. And then it says at the Stanford Research Institute in the early 70s, these caught the interest of the CIA and it's been black ops ever since then. Less is known about the Soviet investigations into what they call psychotronics, but it is believed their programs go back as far as 1917. And Mm. obviously this was a time where America and Soviet Union were very much, not even necessarily like just with the Cold War, but they were trying to be the first one to space, weren't they? They wanted to do that. And they were always at each other. So the fact that we've now got the Russian gate and the Russian lab and then the American one, that's, Mm. they're definitely at, there is definitely some kind of warfare going on there. Mm. Um. And the fact that they're saying about Indiana doesn't interest me. It's like, well, that's why they're in Indiana, because no one's going to think anything of it, because no one's going to suspect Indiana. Exactly. It wouldn't be your first guess. No. Um, And I think... I don't fully trust Murray. I like Murray. I think he makes... You know, he makes me laugh. I like his scenes. He's good. But I don't... There's something about him that makes me not 100% fall into thinking he's completely one of the good guys. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens in season four. Yeah. With Murray, or something's revealed about him. Because I think, obviously he had a key role in season three. We saw him a little bit in season two. It's just... He's so adamant on Russian involvement, and I know he's right. But let's also talk about the fact he can speak Russian yeah and all of that kind of thing and unless he learned it to to kind of understand what they're doing yeah i mean it wouldn't surprise me for murray balvin at all no which which you know fully could be that um but yeah he he uh just something about him Hmm. but i don't know but then i thought bob was dodgy so 
yeah, I thought Bob was as well. I I thought that Bob was going to... Um, the bit that did it for me was that conversation in the car mm-hmm. with Will. And he's all like, just tell it to go away. Just, yeah, you know. And then obviously everything happened. Um, so yeah, I, I thought something was going on. But I, I don't know. Murray just seems a lot more... A lot more suspicious. So that's like one of the last pages, essentially. And then there's just mm. another drawing, which is part of the like vines drawing in season two that's stuck in. There's a little bit about Scoops Ahoy opening and a picture of Steve. Um, and then it goes to summer 1985. Um, and there's a little bit and he says, I've never been more excited. I've never been so happy for a school year to end. It's been a terrible year and I want to leave it behind. Well, I want to leave the bad stuff behind and hold on to the good stuff. But the past doesn't always want to stay behind. Sometimes it sticks to you. It follows you. And things don't become good just because you want them to. Life isn't always easy peasy. High school is going to be weird. Maybe it will be better. Until then, I'm ready for the summer. I'm ready for a new story. Mike likes to remind us that a person would need true sight to see into the future. But the truth is, I don't. For the first time ever, I know exactly what my future holds and I don't need any psychic abilities to prove it. I just need hope and art and my family. And last but not least, my friends, my party. I hope we only encounter demogorgons and mind flayers in a paper dungeon with a a 20-sided die in our hands. I hope the upside down stays far, far behind us. I hope life returns to normal, but we remain freaks forever. As Jonathan says, being the freak is the best. And if that isn't the most tragic case of dramatic <laughs> irony <laughs> to exist, really. Yeah, I... When he says about sometimes it sticks to you, sometimes it follows you. I think he's writing this with that hope, but he's writing it with the concepts of knowing that there is still something there. And that yeah. this, you know, this isn't... And then obviously summer of 85 happens and mm-hmm. um, high school is not going to be in Hawkins. It just gives us a little bit of an insight. And I think, like I said, there's bits of dramatic irony in there where we know what things actually do and what actually happens. But also there's just little things scattered throughout, you know, the mentions of Russia and the USSR and the Cold War and then the mentions of alternate dimensions and and psychic abilities and it staying with Will and his nightmares. And you can kind of see the influences for season four and how they tie into what's in this book. And Hmm. obviously not everyone is going to read the bonus content. I'm not expecting everyone to read the bonus Hmm. content, but it's there and Hmm. the Duffers even if they're not the ones that write it, because they're not, they probably do have to sign off on it. There are teams that will have to say this content is okay to go out there. Mm. And that's why I think that bonus content like this is pretty much, is sort of like more important, I guess, because it actually Mm. does hint to things which could happen in in potential seasons. Mm. No, I agree. Um, I wish the timeline in here would be more consistent, though. Um, because he says about that, that yes. he sticks in a photo from season three. He sticks in. The publishers stick in <laughs> a picture of season three just as Mike's broken up with Belle. Um, and then obviously at the front, yes. we get a picture of Will in his wizard hat glory. Yes. Um, and things like that. So there's it, moments like that where I think the timeline isn't quite right and they're clearly stuck in as... Remember these things that happen in season three? We're just gonna put some pictures in. Yeah. But I think as a whole, it is really interesting as like as you said, as a bit of bonus content that you can kind of see where things could possibly be going. And I don't know how much of season four was 
planned when this was released. Yeah. But it is definitely interesting looking at those influences, as you said, and then looking back in this and thinking, oh, that could tie to that and that could tie to that. So it'll be interesting to see how much of this is, I'm going to say canon, but say canon loosely. Question of the week. Uh, What do you think is the most significant thing in this? What do you think could play the biggest part? There's a few things. I, I do think that the Russian text is very interesting. Especially the fact that it says close gate. No, open the gate, sorry. Open the gate. Open yeah. the gate. Then I think, I don't know why that would be in there. Unless it is literally no. a season three Easter egg. But it just yeah. seems odd that it's been, it's just an odd piece of extra. Because actually has Will wrote that on. That's what I was thinking because the writing is the same as um, when he says summer 1985. We love a multilingual character. Um, yeah. I do wonder then. If, yeah, I think that's. I think that for me is the most significant thing then. And I don't know. It's just. I just find it odd. Yeah. I I will leave that at that. Mine's the nightmare. Can it still see yeah. me? Yeah, that's a point. My I'm the only reluctant with that because I don't know the timeline of how this yes. book was written. That's yeah, my only thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah, I I think that the, the Nightmare on Elm Street thing could be significant. But yes, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 19 of the Hawkins Do Poppy podcast. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube at Hawkins Podcast. You can also get in contact with us on social media at Hawkins Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and on Tumblr at Hawkins Do You Copy. And we will see you next week for episode 20, which is insane, of the podcast over and out. Hawkins, do you copy?